0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. So many verses are racing through my head when I hear this week's song, Waterfall, by Chris Tomlin. There are a few obvious ones, and then there are some references tucked in among the lyrics. I'll introduce you to all of them and then give you some homework to dig deeper on your own. But for me, for this episode, I can't get past the first line. Oh God, my God, I seek you. I want to move when you move. You're more than I could long for. I thirst. Jeremiah 29:13 says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." And I cannot sing the first line of this song without thinking of that promise from my God. And if I'm singing that I will seek him, I can be assured that I will find him when I seek him with all my heart. I remember when I first learned about that verse, I was in youth group growing up and we were getting ready to go to camp and the youth pastor was preparing us to go and he really wanted us to be mindful as to what we could be experiencing during the week and I just remember I had never heard that verse before and I remember it sinking in so clearly I remember thinking that's really did he just make that up or that is that really in the Bible but it really is in the Bible that if you seek him you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart and uh I also think back to that question, like if God seems far away from us or if God seems far away from me, who moved? That that question comes to mind as well. And sometimes it can be kind of cliche, but I think that it is, um, I think the reason it's cliche is because it's so true and people end up repeating it so often. I want to draw our attention back to the idea of, uh, or to the, the time at the very beginning of God's word in Genesis. And when Adam and Eve sinned, now they knew exactly what was expected of them and they chose um, to disobey God's commands. And it was a pretty simple one and they chose to disobey it. And they they were in sin and it, immediately their eyes were opened. And what did they do? Well, they hid from God. And the next question is, well, what did God do? He didn't like come storming through the garden. Like, where are you? I know you messed up. I know you ate from that tree that I told you not to. But it was he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day when they would normally kind of hook up and I guess have a have a stroll in the garden. Wouldn't that be lovely? But God called out for Adam. Adam, where are you? And he was seeking after Adam, and 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 it was not out of rage or out of um, anger or out of judgment. And so if you think that God is just waiting around for you to mess up so that he can judge you, you have him all wrong. All you have to do is go back to the very first story of the very first sin in the Bible to see how God reacted. Now the scripture is clear. When we call, he will answer. And when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So as I, I was doing my research about these scriptures that talk about seeking God, and there are many, not just the one that I mentioned in Jeremiah. I ran across the story of King Asa. And so really that's the story that are this is what I where I want to sit here for this episode um today. But again, thinking can't get past that first line of this song about um, oh God, my God, I will seek you. And uh so let's talk about King Asa. Now, you know, hopefully, about King David, and he was a pretty famous king. Well, his son was Solomon, and they ruled over a united Israel. But Solomon's son, Rehoboam, but uh, in his time, the kingdom split. So the kingdom split into the northern kingdom, And called called Israel, and ten tribes went with the, the king in the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom called Judah, and two tribes stayed in the southern kingdom, and Rehoboam was the king over that southern kingdom called Judah. Now when Rehoboam died, his son Abijah became king, and then when Abijah died, then his son Asa became king. So we're really, really close in the kingdom, I guess, timeline to David and Solomon. You know, you can read Asa's story in Second Chronicles um, chapters 14 through 16 and kind of a brief description of his uh, reign in First Kings chapter 15. But scripture says that Asa, King Asa, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And when he was king, he tore down places of worship, idol worship, and he commanded that the people seek God and obey his commands. So this is the kind of king that he was. He was going to set a standard. He was going to ask the people, not even just ask, but command that they seek God and obey his commands. And he began going through the countryside, tearing down the areas of idol worship. And God gave them rest from war. So there had been war during the time of Rehoboam and during his son Abijah. But when Asa became king and because he was um, tearing down these places of idol worship and because he commanded others to seek God and to obey his commands, um, God gave them rest. And so during their rest, their season of rest, they were fortifying their cities and they were building up their cities. And while they were doing this, they gave credit to, To God, so you've got this time of rest. They knew where it came from. They were giving God the credit, and then there was an enemy that marched out to fight them. And so, what did Asa do at this situation? Well, he called out to God, and then God rescued them from the army. Uh, And when a prophet after that came to Asa with a word from God, he took courage from that those prophets that prophet's words, and then he continued to remove idols. From his land. So the prophet came and he encouraged him and he said, he said, you, you were seeking after God and you found him and you're giving credit where credit is due and you're on the right path. And so it brought courage to Asa. And so he continued tearing down um, places of idol worship and continued to um, seek after God. He also brought, um, had the people bring sacrifices in worship. And in the Old Testament, they actually sacrificed um, animals in worship to God. It was part of the the structure that God had laid out as to, to bring worship to Him. And they entered into a covenant with God. And the covenant was that they would seek the Lord with all of their heart and soul. So they get to this place in their in their um, community of believe uh, community here, this land of Judah, under this leadership of this king, where they said, "Okay, we're going to commit. We're going to make a promise between us and God that we are going to continue to seek the Lord with all of our heart and soul." And so, this particular time of sacrifice and this time of covenant was um, was brought forth with great. Fanfare. The scripture says they had trumpets and there was shouting and there were horns. The scripture says they used loud voices to make this covenant and that they rejoiced about the oath because they had done it wholeheartedly. This was a big party. They went all out. They were hooting and hollering. They brought um, music. They had the bands playing in the background. They brought the the sacrifices that was required and that was pleasing to the Lord at that time. And they rejoiced because they did this with their whole heart. They were all in and they were excited about this covenant that they had made with the Lord. It also says that they sought God eagerly and that he was found by them. So picture this kind of season in this, the life of this country, um, where these people were wholehearted in their covenant and their promise to God, and he reciprocated because when they sought him, he he allowed himself to be found. However, I, would, I want to go back to the specific word that the prophet Azariah said to King Asa. Remember I said that the prophet came and gave a word of encouragement to him. And so Asa was like that right on. I'm gonna, I've, I've built up by that word. Good word. I'm just going to keep after what I was doing. So the prophet Azariah said, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now I think that's so interesting because the, again he was encouraged. Remember I mentioned this; he was uh, he was encouraged by this word. It gave him courage to continue to down the path, and what ultimately led to this nationwide revival that um, that was brought forth with great joy and wholehearted um, commitment to this promise and this covenant and this oath with the Lord. But the word that brought him courage that led him to that um, season for his country was the Lord is with you when you are with him. And so there is kind of a, um, there's an encouragement and also a warning. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And so that's a promise that we can claim even for ourselves. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought the Bible said that God would never leave us or forsake us. And this says that if he, he will forsake us if we forsake him. So let's talk about what that word forsake means for a minute. And it is, comes from the Hebrew word azab. And it means to leave or to abandon. And so what this scripture or what this word from Azariah is, if you abandon God, he's going to abandon you. And again, there there are other places in Scripture I think that bring a little bit of clarity to this because I think it starts to um, it, it surely brought questions in my mind, wait, wait, what about that verse that says, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But in Psalm 94:14 it says, "The Lord will never desert his people or abandon those who belong to him. And then in Psalm 9:10 it says, "Those who know your name, trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So again, there's, there's, um, there's a little bit of instruction there that we are asked to seek him, to wholeheartedly follow him so that he can be with us and that he will not leave us. Now I'm not talking about your salvation. I believe that scripture is clear that your salvation is a gift of God. And if there's nothing that you can do to earn it, then you shouldn't be able to do anything to lose it. I don't think he's going to Come behind you like an Indian giver and snatch away your salvation. But I am talking about the presence and the leading and the hand of blessing of God. When you leave, it is his heart to call after you. Remember, Adam and Eve, it's his heart to call after you when you leave and you sin. But can you see what scripture is saying over and over again? He he draws near to us when we draw near to Him. And He answers us when we call. And He makes Himself available to be found when we seek Him. So remember, let's go back to Adam and Eve. They hid. They sinned. They felt shame. And they hid. And then God came and He was calling after them. Now ultimately, there were consequences for their sin. But he wanted to restore that relationship. He did not come down in judgment first. He came out calling after them. And so what the scripture is saying is. He will be found by you. He will, he will make himself available to you. But you have to seek him. He's not just um, your sugar daddy that you can call out whenever you want things to go your way. You need to obey his commands. You need to follow along in his footsteps and in his pattern that he has left for us to live. So I would like to go back to our example in King Asa. Um, you know, I guess my question is, are you seeking God? Are you giving him credit for the peace in your life like Asa did? So Asa sought after God. This army comes up. He was like, God, I can't do it without you. And um, then when, when he was in a in a time of peace and without war, they gave credit to God. In your distress, are you crying out to him because there's no one like him to help the powerless against the mighty? Are you crying out? Help us, Lord, our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against this situation. Have you made an oath to follow him? How much fanfare was there with your oath? He's you like, Okay, God, I I receive your salvation in, in Jesus name. Amen. And I'm going to put that as my heaven card in my pocket. and I'm going to go live life and I'm going to go sin and continue to walk my own ways and do what I think is right in my own mind. Or is there a lot of fanfare? A lot of celebration, a lot of excitement. Where you're saying, I am excited about this oath. I am excited about this covenant that I have made with my Heavenly Father. Who has promised that He will never leave me nor forsake me. That my salvation is secure in Him because of the sacrifice of His Son. So my question is, how much fanfare was there? And did you do it wholeheartedly? Are you a follower of Christ because you surrendered your whole heart? Did you truly surrender? Because let me talk to you about the rest of the story in King Asa's case. So king of Israel makes a move against Judah. So remember, um, this enemy comes against him. He seeks God. He finds favor. He, he routs the enemy. They are without war. Well, then another king, the king of Israel, um, their brothers really, come against, make a move against Judah. And Asa decides, okay, what am I going to do about this? Well, I think what I could do is I could take some gold and silver out of the treasury uh, that's in the temple. So really the golden silver belongs to the Lord, but the Lord gave me authority over this kingdom. So I'm going to go ahead and take that. And I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to this king over here um, because they have a treaty with Israel. And if I can convince, if I can bribe this king, this neighbor king over here to break their treaty with Israel and stand up with us against Israel, then maybe Israel will give up and they won't um, fight us. And so that was his plan. So he did that. He took some gold and silver from the treasury, and he went and made a treaty and asked them to break their treaty with Israel. And that is what the king of Aram did. So um, it seemed to work out okay, right? So Israel gave up. They said, "Up, ah, never mind. We'll back off." And then they went and um, and and so it seemed to work. But another prophet comes into Asa and says uh, that he made a mistake because he relied on an agreement with the king of Aram and not with on God. In fact, the prophet implied that he could have conquered the king of Aram and stood against Israel, but he chose to do a foolish thing instead. And so the prophet reminds King Asa that when he relied on the Lord in the past, God delivered his enemy into his hand. And his foolish choice now meant that from now on, he would be at war. And, Asa did not like that message at all. In fact, um, it could have been an opportunity for him to humble himself and say, Oh, you're so right. I did not seek the Lord. I did not, I did not inquire of the Lord in this matter like I have done in the past. And I am, I'm sorry. I'm repentant. And um, I think there probably still would have been a consequence but I think the hum- humility would have would have brought him to a different resolution or different end to his story because he did not humble himself. And he got mad and he threw the prophet into prison. And then he actually even started brutally oppressing some of his own people. So like something clicked, something switched off in his mind. And in the end, he got sick. And scripture says that even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from physicians. So something switched over here um, in Asa's mind. So he's got this, uh, it's just such a, a robust story, you know. So he's seeking the Lord. He's finding the Lord. He's leading others to do the same. He's ridding his land from all of these idol worship. He's doing some significant things. He removes his grandmother as the queen mother because she had an Asherah pole, which was an idol uh, worship pole, and it was disgusting to him and disgusting in the Lord's sight. He actually removed her her from her position as queen mother. Uh, But So in the end, though, I don't know what happens. We don't have the middle of the story. We don't know how... Over time, he was less, obviously, less wholehearted than he had been in the past because a circumstance comes forward and he decides to um, take matters into his own hands. So he could have humbled himself when he did wrong. And God had previously promised that he would be with him. And so you wonder why God's favor is not with you when you act foolishly and try to do things your own way and not the way that he has always laid out for you. Why? Why? Because you left. You left. He didn't leave. Who moved? God is going to be consistent. He's going to be there. He's going to be standing in the truth. But he's not going to bring favor and blessing on your life when you're doing things your own way. In fact, right here in this section of scripture in Second Chronicles 16.9 is the verse that says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Asa's foolish act meant that his heart had wandered. He had not stayed fully committed. We don't see how or why or what caused it, but we can see that that is what happened. Now for your homework. So I would love for you to read over 2 Chronicles 14-16 through for yourself. Make note of any similarities in your own life. Ponder the promises that God makes throughout this story. Some really fantastic memory verses in this story. And then um, the memory verse that I chose for this week comes from 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2. So work on that as your memory verse. But there is a second part of homework for this week. Did you think I, I forgot about the rest of the song? Well, I think if you explore Psalm 42 this week, you will see deep calling to deep in the roar of God's waterfalls running wild and free just like the song sings about in the chorus. Now, in the show notes this week at com forward slash 16 is where you can find those. I've linked to a video of the Jordan River running wild and free during the flood stage. And this is probably what the psalmist would, would have seen himself and referred to in this scripture. Now, if you watch this, you just really need to watch the video. It's just a regular person taking video on their iPhone or something on a trip to Israel. But it's not this trickling... You know, I think I guess when I listen to this song, Your Love is like a waterfall flowing down on me. I, I feel like it's like a waterfall like in Hawaii with the green greenery in the background and just like almost like a soft rain fall. But it's not. It's running wild and free. It's this it's um the stage that the 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 river would be in um kind of during its flood stage and it's aggressive and it's rolling waves over and over and over. And the psalm is interesting because the psalmist really goes back and forth ver- from sorrow to hope in, in Psalm 42, between sorrow and hope. And most of the commentaries that I looked at this week thought the waterfall reference in this psalm was really talking about his sorrow, that he was just overcome, deep calling to deep, all these sadness overcoming and calling to each other. Verse 6 says, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. And then in verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. So I don't know. I agree with Chris Tomlin here. I think the waves and the breakers and the deep calling to deep is God's love, not my own sorrow. And so my soul is downcast. Therefore I remember God's love. It says in verse 5 Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me; therefore, I will remember You. So, therefore, what is the what is? Remember, we asked last week if we see a therefore, what is it? Therefore, well, because I'm so sad and I I'm, I've, I'm just overwhelmed by this sorrow. I because of that, I will remember You. I remember who You are, and You are a God of love, and so. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you agree with the commentaries that the waves are referring to the sorrow? Or do you agree with the song that the waves are referring to God's love like a rushing waterfall covering us in rivers of grace? Leave a, leave a comment for me at michellekneesat.com forward slash 16 or on uh, on Twitter or Facebook. I'd love to chat about that idea or that question. But again, that is really going to be homework for you because I didn't read uh, Psalm 42 for you and go over it too, too much in this episode. So 2 Chronicles, to discover that story of Asa and King Asa for yourself. And then also Psalm 42, and between those two sections of scripture, I think every time you hear this song, it will bring your mind right back to God's word, which is ultimately our goal, right? Okay. So just a few quick announcements before we leave. Uh, Don't forget to share this podcast with others. I've tried to make it as easy as possible. I've got quick links at the top of each post on my homepage. You can tweet and Facebook share or share via email. Three easy, quick options for you. Next, your review on iTunes. Your reviews on iTunes are an encouragement to me and a testimony to others. And my promise to you is that if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So thank you, God's cat, for your review this week. I really appreciate it. And I'm exploring adding a listener question section. So if you have questions about how uh, Bible study works for you or how to explore God's word further, go ahead and email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com or leave me a voicemail through your computer or smart device at michellekneesat.com forward slash podcast question i use a free app called SpeakPipe, and once you download it it's an easy way to leave a message and on your computer you just you don't even have to download the app you can just click right there and it uses your computer's microphone to leave me a voicemail it's pretty neat finally if you sign up for my email list i will send you weekly Memoryverse resources exclusively for those who are subscribed to my email list and these resources include wallpapers for your desktop or tablet your phone or mobile device, as well as a printable version if you're more of the printed paper type. And the sign-up box for that is on my homepage at michellenizat.com. And I promise I will not bombard you with email, just a friendly reminder each Monday when a new episode is posted with a link to those resources. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on Write Your Story by Francesca Battistelli. And if you'd like to comment on this episode, go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 16, where you will find the show notes for this episode. You can scroll down to the comment section because I would love to hear from you. Comment, question, or whatever. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.